Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, This week, we've got giant robots, mysterious creatures, and a whole lot of rock and roll. Uh, That's right, we're talking about uh, 2020 anime listeners and the 1999 anime Kacho Oji, known in America as Black Heaven. Uh, Shit, I just forgot that I need to close my door. Uh, I'll be right back. Two very boring minutes later. <sighs> Tell ya. Okay, well, that, that opening's good. I'll just, you know, they, they can peek behind the veil. Uh, I am your host, Laser J, and with me as always is my good buddy. It's your co-host, and your, uh, I guess your front man, your, I, I'm more, am I more rhythm bass, or what am I, am I the drums? <sighs> You're lead guitar and I'm the front man. Got it. I'm lead guitar. You're front man. Yeah. That's correct. I'm the Steven Yourself? Tyler. You're the Joe Perry. Yeah, there you go. I'm the... I'm that guy. Yeah. Or, and then uh, you're a... I'm you're David Lee Roth. And... Mm. Sorry. Go on. No, you're the hype man and the front man. I mean, the front man is the hype man. For a rock band, This is at least. true. Well, uh, unless you're Flavor Flav. That's hip-hop. It, it's different rules. Mm, fair enough. Uh, rock band. Rock band. It, it, there is no hype man in rock. It, it's The front man is the, the clown. Mm-hmm. And I say this as someone who would like to be a front man in a band. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like, I, I mean look at... I look at hair metal, okay? Like, like, look at um. Yeah. Oh, I forgot his name. The guy from Poison, or look at David Oh Lee yeah, Roth, that. Or... Yeah, that guy. Yeah, Brett Michaels. No, that's the wrestler. Brett mm-hmm. Hart. No, that's also a wrestler. His name is Brett Hart. It is Brett Hart. No, I think it is Brett Hart. I'm... I think it might be Bret Hart. When, see, when you said lead guitar, I don't know why, but my mind immediately went to Zach Wild. You do kind of look like Zach Wild. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I could, I could, yeah. If I had, if 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 you if you dyed my hair blonde, I could pass for Zach Wild. Yeah, I I've seen a picture of you once, and you do kind of look like Zach Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Like big long, like got the rocker, long rocker hair. The yeah. beard, yeah, yeah. I could pass for Zach Wild. Yeah. Uh, I look like the horrible mashup of both Bon Scott and Brian Johnson. Uh, who was the guy? Who was the who was the lead guy from Motorhead? Oh, Lemmy. Yeah, you kind of look like him too. I really, it, it's just the facial hair. He he's got that huge yeah, wart, and the he has like more of a crooked nose and he's like deathly yeah. skinny 
it's the it's the it's the the facial hair and like he's got like kind of like even though he's skinny he's got like the the like ra- the kind of a, the bigger cheeks you know what I mean like the, yeah those like big old jowls you you used on. to seeing him as an old man uh, yeah <laughs> and not a young man mm-hmm. uh, I've seen a lot of pictures yeah. of him as a young man yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's definitely I'm, skinny I like I like Motorhead but I I'm not religious about them yeah i'm not i i like their sound but Mm -hmm. lemmy's like obsession with collecting both confederate paraphernalia and nazi paraphernalia Mm -hmm. uh despite being english and having nothing to do with either really uh has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way as it should yeah uh I mean, I'm that a... said, I've only ever heard people say good things about Lemmy, like, as a person. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a roadie for fucking Hendrix. Uh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, didn't, he... Zach Wild, didn't Zach Wild work with Hendrix, too, at one point? Maybe. I want to say he I, did. Hang on. I don't know a lot about Wild, honestly. I know he's a crazy guitarist. He, You know, he's the guy on Crazy Train. Um Right out there, man. Let me. You know what? I'm just gonna. While I'm here. Yeah. Uh, uh, heavy metal, Black Level Society, Pride and Glory. Uh. Key. J.K. Lee. He wore. Yeah, he was. He was. He aud- Apparently, he originally auditioned for Guns and Roses. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, he's worked with uh. He he had a Black Sabbath cover band for a while. That makes sense. Why he were ended up working with Ozzy. Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah, worked on the Ozzy and Friends tour. He had a single album called Black Rain, and currently he's working on Black. Right now he's just Black Level Society at the moment. I thought for sure he had. Yeah. Worked with Hendrix at some point, for some reason. He's been in movies. What? Hold on. Oh sure, he's been in movies. He's like a. He's also. Rock legend. Uh, appeared in a lead guitar for the band called Steel Dragon in the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that sounds right. Also, he appeared as himself on Adults on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. You a big Zach Wild fan? I take it. Uh, yeah, I okay. like his sound. Yeah. I also like his look. He's got a cool look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, you look a bit like him. <laughs> so that's... I mean... Yeah. Alright. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I've also always loved his guitar. The spiral. Yeah, the the white bullseye... Yeah. Buzzsaw guitar that looks like a... It's supposed to look like a Zippo lighter, I think, is the whole idea, right? Something like that, yeah. He's got a... Yeah, He's got his own signature line of guitars. Uh, he used to do that with Gibson, and then I think either Kramer or Dean just gave him his own like luthier shop for him to work with mm-hmm. to design and put out guitars under their label. Apparently, apparently he makes speakers too. Speakers yeah, and, uh, black label speakers. Yeah, yeah. And then um, apparently the, the thing about him is is that he never practices with his like personal guitar 
Mm-hmm. He usually uses a... Oh, I forget. I think he might use a Marshall, actually. Like a Marshall something or other. Marshall makes amps. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Fuck. What was I thinking? Fender? Gretsch? Gibson? Hold on, let me... Dean Kramer? Oh, he uses a... Yeah, he uses a a Fed. Yeah. He uses a Gibson. Gibson, yeah. Like a different... uh, That makes sense. He's he's most famous for using... uh, Les Pauls, right? Yeah, yeah. The his yeah. main guitar is a Les Paul, but apparently a lot of his practice guitars are Gibsons. Well, Les Paul is a type of Gibson. Oh, rip. damn! I'm fucking dumb. Uh, you don't play guitar. <laughs> you, you have no reason no, to I know this. Play. I have no reason to know this. I I have I made many attempts at playing guitar, and behind me at this very moment, I have. My prized possession is my uh, early 70s lawsuit era knockoff Gibson SG. <laughs> um, uh, my my dad has a real Gibson SG. Nice. He also has a... A uh, freaking... Uh, I think he has a Les Paul, too. Les Paul yeah. is a type of Gibson again. but Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Sorry. You, you were talking about SG. He, he, yeah. yeah. He's got a... I know he has an SG for sure. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, no, he has a Stratocaster. That's that's what it Fender. Is. Yeah. Okay. He has a Fender. He has a Fender Stratocaster. Well, that's what it is. It it could be. Oh, okay. This is where we yeah, get into on. funny things. Um. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh. Hey. By the way, everybody. Uh. We don't really have weeks this week, right? You got nothing going on this week? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna diatribe about guitars for a little bit. Um. So. Uh. People really only want like one or two shapes from their guitars, and mm-hmm. so you've got and and Fender and Gibson kind of stole, not stole. They developed all those shapes, and they have pretty good um, copyrights and uh, what what what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, patents on those shapes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but other companies can use those shapes. They just have to modify them just enough to be legally distinct. Like they modify Aww. like the amount of space uh, in the curve of the the cut, or uh, how bulbous the the bottom part is, or the type uh, what the the headstock looks like, um, stuff like that. Um, and these commonly get known as S types if they're based on a Stratocaster, or uh, T types if they're based on a Telecaster, or uh, L types if they're based on a Les Paul or whatever. Um, mm. Because getting a Fender or a Gibson is pretty expensive. Um, the lowest end, uh, like fit, like Fender, uh, made by actual like with the actual Fender logo on it, and not one of their uh, Econoline ones, which are usually made by like Squire or something. Uh, or if it's a uh, Gibson, it's made by Epiphone. Then uh, it's like probably. For Fender, you're probably looking like six to eight hundred dollars for the bottom of the line Jeez. Fender. Uh, Jesus Christ! You could probably get something less for a used one, um, but not a vintage used. Just like, 
two or three years old used. And for Gibsons, you're really probably not going to find anything for less than 1K. Uh, And you're really just paying for the Gibson logo or the Fender logo. Uh, Because there are a lot of... A high-end Epiphone or a high-end Squire, which are still like six to eight hundred dollars, but they're the top of the line for that company. Basically, uh, is just as good as a baseline Fender or baseline Gibson. Um, yeah. but getting like a two hundred dollar Squire or a two hundred dollar Fender, not Fender, a two hundred dollar Squire or Epiphone is you. The action's going to be super high. It, it's the action is the uh, space between the strings and the fretboard. It, it's how about how much the it's going to actually physically hurt to play because uh, you have to push a lot harder if the strings are further from the mm. fretboard. But you also don't want them too low, otherwise you get fret buzz. Which, uh, um, I'm a novice, by the way. I, I just read a lot. Uh, I, I'm not a good guitarist at all. I don't know anything. I bought my guitar May of last year and never signed up for lessons <laughs> um listen i like learning about this stuff you're talking to a guy that like the other day while i was waiting for my dad to get back from auto parts because i was working with him i was like he's gonna go get a part so i'm like i'm just gonna sit here for a little bit and do whatever and i got on my phone and i read the entire wikipedia wikipedia article about kabuki theater because i wanted to know about it <laughs> Yeah, but you know we're we're also recording this, so our listeners we have to think about them a little bit. Um, oh, you know that's this is true. Uh, if it was just us talking, no recording, yeah, oh, yeah. I I just oh, yeah. go on and on. Yeah, um, but but we haven't. I hope we have an audience. <laughs> um, Will we know we have at least some audience? Yeah, for at least a fact. Some. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, my friend, my friend Blake lis- listens to the podcast pretty religiously, actually. Thank you, Blake, for supporting so KP, the show. Obviously. Thank you, KP. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, why did I start talking about guitars? Because we're talking about rock and roll because this episode is about anime that's about music. Yeah. Okay. Uh We made a joke I made a joke about being you were the front man and then we started talking about then I said something about Zach Wilde and then we started talking oh, about Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then if if you want to be Zach Wilde then I'm Ozzy. Cool. Yeah. Uh it's a pretty logical through line when you look back on it really. So yeah. The, uh, oh no 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 it yeah. I, I just couldn't remember how we got here. <laughs> The purpose of my going into guitar talk, like, because I didn't Uh know where to go next if I didn't know where I was originally heading, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Um, It's just a side tangent about guitars because we're talking about rock and roll. Oh, I remember. So, yeah, um, you'll you'll see, like, a lot of smaller companies uh, or, like, individual luthiers uh, put out, uh, call guitars, like, S-types or T-types, depending on the shape. And they're legally distinct from... Uh, a Fender or a Gibson or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are some that um, like there's a there's a, another major company, one that I I rather like, and I want one of their guitars. Uh, the Dean. Uh, 
Located in sunny Tampa, Florida, my city I live in, uh, Dean Guitars. Uh, uh, they, they make these. Uh, I mean, they make a lot of guitars, they, but they make, uh, f- they make these. Uh, you know, the Flying V is a, fl- is a Gibson. Like the flying v, yeah. yeah, famous Gibson model. Um, you can also get Epiphone Vs, uh, but Gibson is the one who made the V first. But the important distinction there is the Gibson model is the Flying V. Dean just puts out Vs. Got it. They also have a different headstock, I believe. Um, another interesting tidbit uh, before we move on, and this is the last thing I have to say. Uh, so, James Hetfield of Metallica is famous for playing an Explorer, right? Yeah. Uh, the first Explorers were actually Vs that had a different sort of uh, setup. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, the Explorer is an offshoot of the V. I learned that recently. I don't know if it's completely accurate or not. I haven't vetted that information at all, but interesting tidbit I just, I learned recently. Anyway, certainly, uh... Certainly interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Laser Rambles about guitars. Uh... So do we want to talk about the news stuff, or what do we want to talk about the actual episodes first? Let's do the episodes... We got two episodes. Okay. We got f- the the fight for Castle McDuck and how Santa stole Christmas, and then we got some uh, unfortunate news, and uh, that will probably give way to us speculating, because uh, that's what I like to do. Um, yep. So yeah, fight for Castle McDuck was fun. Um, it wasn't quite the episode I was hoping for when you told me they were doing an episode where we actually got to see uh, Scrooge's siblings, because uh, we only got to yeah, see one of them. We only got the, we only got the one, but I liked her. Yeah, I liked her too. She wasn't the sibling I wanted. I wanted to see Della and Donald's mom. Um, oh, Hortons. Yeah, Hortons. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get that. So, um, but it was fun. Inkblot was back, and he's got a fun new sidekick. Uh, who is voice Pepper. Pepper, yeah. Uh, hold on, I forgot. Uh, DuckTales Pepper. Uh, what? Amy Sedaris. Oh. Uh, very famous. She's in, uh, most recently, well, uh, second most recently, she was in, uh, The Mandalorian, where she played, uh, the Tatooine Spaceport, uh, official. Uh, mm-hmm. but more better known for being in Strangers with Candy, uh, between 99 and 2000, and, uh, also in BoJack Horseman between 2014 and 2020. Um. I actually legitimately love the B-plot about the two of them. I do, too. It was very good. Yeah. Very good and cute. It, it was. Uh. <sighs> It, it it yeah no nothing else to it. it 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 was a very fun episode i liked it um there was a lot of really good um i noticed this in the santa claus episode too but there was a lot of like a couple of moments in this episode where like oh wow they really uh put some effort into some of these facial expressions and the uh just the general animation of them speaking there was a lot of energy in some of the shots yes um 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and did they end up actually? Did did they end up actually getting the bagpipes? I forget. Or did they and not? I forget. No, they didn't um, have the bagpipes. No, they by didn't. The end. No. That's right. That's right. Um, I gotta say though, um, mm-hmm. I am kind of tired. We, we we've already seen this plot a couple times in the show. I'm kind of tired of uh, Webby's an only child being the plot line. Uh, like her her story is, she doesn't understand why this family is fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of tired of it. Like, well, she's not only an only child. Her only a family member that we know of is Beakley. She doesn't. We don't know her mom or dad or any other of her family at I all. I know that, but I'm I'm just saying. Even only child, every only child knows siblings fight. It's like everyone understands siblings I, get into arguments and shit like that. I I just. I'm, sorry. Go on. This is Webby. Remember? Yeah. This is a girl who had never been to a Chuck E. Cheese in her life. Okay. But here's my other issue. We've had the same plot point multiple times already with her. Mm -hmm. There's been other episodes where she's had to just accept the fact that families fight, that siblings get into arguments. She's also been interacting with the triplets all this time, and they're constantly getting into arguments. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, it just feels like... For a, a show that utilizes continuity, it's like an element of an episodic show where everything resets at the end of the episode where there's no real character growth. It, it's an element of that that feels really out of place in this show that utilizes a sense of continuity. Fair enough. That's it. It's, saying... It was still a great episode. It's still fun. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm... Oh, yeah. No, it, it was good. cool seeing all the uh, McDuck ancestors. Yeah, and Webby is still my favorite character in this show. Like, oh, yeah, hands no, down. Still my favorite, too. Um, oh yeah. I, I this this is just my issue with the writing team, not her character, mm. not anything like that. It's just she's learned this there lesson is, at least twice. Yeah, there is such a thing as a char- a good character who's badly written. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then in How Santa Sold Christmas, um, yeah, it, finally find out. Why Sa- Why Scrooge has beef with Santa. I never thought I would actually care why Scrooge and Santa have beef. But I'm so glad they explained it. I was just willing to write it off as an obvious joke. But it, it it's such a good episode. It's very sweet. And I actually really like this Santa Claus a lot. Yeah, he's fun. Just- uh... Relentlessly and optimistic and just a really nice guy. Who's his, who's voicing him in this? I, I recognize the voice. Ooh, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hugh Bonneville. That sound, yeah, that sounds familiar. I recognize the voice. Uh, what, is, what else has he done? Looking that up right now. Oh, I recognize this guy, but I can't place. Okay, um, his earliest credit is '94 for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, let's see. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, oh. Oh, okay. He was in... Uh, hmm... What else? Scenes of a Sexual Nature. Um, mm. French film. Um... The Monuments hmm. Men, Muppets Most Wanted. Ah, that might have been where I've seen uh, him. He was the Irish journalist in that. He was in Paddington as Mr. Um, Henry Brown. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Paddington Two is the same character. Uh, that might have. Those might have been where I saw him. Uh, Downton Abbey as Robert Crawley, Earl of Gratham. Uh, Jingle huh. Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Uh, as Santa Claus? <laughs> no, as Mr. Delacroix. That would have been funny. It, it would have been funny. Uh, oh, this is just film. Sorry. Um, TV. Okay. Um, I'm on Wikipedia, not IMDb for once. Um, let's see. EastEnders is the headmaster... Uh huh. Dr. Zhivago was Andre Zhivago. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um The Robinsons as George Robinson. Yeah. Um some of the stuff is sounding familiar. That's, I, I might have just caught him like from time to time on like a when I still watch television. Yeah. You know what I mean? Downton Abbey these... again. Sorry. Um, yeah, I've seen Dalton Abbey from time to time, so that might have been. He where was on Doctor Who as Captain Avery. Oh, um, yeah, I might have seen him on Doctor Who as well. Um, uh, he was in Gallivant as the Pirate King. I really, I really want to watch that show. By the way, I watched the first episode of it. It it didn't blow me away, but it probably. Oh, he's uh, Wigbert Ripperton in Amphibia. Oh, oh, he was freaking uh, Wally's dad. Yeah. Okay. All right. That 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 was. I, I might have heard him in other stuff, but that might have been the thing that was like. I feel like I've heard his voice yeah. recently. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was it. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, um, I like that we got web... I like that this was re- a return to Webby is ride or die. Yeah. Webby. Freaking pulling out the... <laughs> when Santa Claus just <laughs> fell over in the foyer and she had her crossbow ready and Scrooge like pulled the crossbow away and she just pulled out a fucking sword. 
love that she's ride or die Scrooge, uh, but she's also still like that bright eyed little kid also, uh, because yeah, like as soon funny. as she, you see her shaking the gifts, telling what each one is, and then she picks up the one that's to her, and she knows it's an exact model of crossbow, and it's just you could tell. Oh no, I'm a little kid who loves Santa, but Scrooge. But this guy is so nice, but Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that we got both elements of the Scrooge thing, because we got the, the, the ghosts from the the one episode, and now we got the actual Santa Claus, yeah. who we've joked about quite a few times in throughout the, throughout the show. Yeah. Because the first time he's mentioned is there was that episode, I think it was the Neverest episode, where he's... Where, so the re- so we're going to this deadly mountain instead of celebrating Christmas at home, where we can get gifts from Santa. That man is not welcome in my home. He <laughs> knows what he did. <laughs> yeah. The only <sighs> reason that I remember that is because I watched that episode recently with um, Adrian. Nice. We're watching uh, season one at the moment. Nice, nice. But uh, yeah, this is just a fun episode. I was. I wasn't expecting Santa to be a polar bear, but it works. It it makes sense. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah. Like, what what else is Santa supposed to be? Mm. Uh, you know who my favorite Santa is? Tell me. Uh, you ever see? No, wait. You don't really watch Christmas movies. Um, you've seen Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. Um, David Attenborough. John Hammond. Oh yeah, he he played Santa. He played Santa in the remake of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh, okay. It's, he's it's my favorite Santa. Got he's it. very good. The only other thing with Santa I've seen there's two others. I've seen parts of Elf. Um, <laughs> but I. Don't really, even though I love Will Ferrell, I don't much care for Elf. Um, I think it's just the the Christmas veneer, like whatever. Mm. Um, I think otherwise it's a perfectly fun movie, but it's just colored that way. Um, but Rise of the Guardians, I like the Santa and Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, he's a very good Santa. Yeah, I like that movie in general. I do too. Uh, It, it. I don't like talking about it because I don't want people to think I'm one of those. You know, you you know the 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 fandom group I'm talking about who was kind of crazy on that crossing over with like what was it? Uh, How to Train Your Dragon and Brave and oh, yeah, Tangled all that shit. and yeah, all that, yeah, all that shit, yeah. yeah. Not crazy about all that junk, but I I did like that. I I liked all the movies that they bashed together, but I just did not much care for how they warped the zeitgeist view of that movie. I mean, that's just the problem with... Listen, this is just fandom. We keep coming to the sketch, and fandom yeah. is it's always like this. Yeah, it really is. Uh you can't can't let fans ruin a thing for you. Eh. 
Yeah. But anyway. Uh, this was just a fun. Often episode. enough, the 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 things do a, a good enough job of it itself. I liked uh, Supernatural up until the introduction of Castiel and the Angels and all that shit. I liked it better when it was just a monster of the week show with classic rock. Spruce. Yeah, I liked the first season. I liked just about every season I watched. I, I stopped watching. What when was Castiel introduced? Like four, five. Whenever Season it was. Season three, four. Something like that. Yeah, I just... Did you... What? Did you hear about that shit in the ending? Uh, yeah. Uh, he he confessed his love to Dean and then went to super hell? That's not what I... There's more. The car went to heaven. <laughs> As it deserves. The car went to heaven. Also, frickin' um, Dean, he died from tetanus. It makes sense for the character, honestly. He got tetanus and fucking died. Also, Sam got remarried, but we never see the, the lady he married's face. Why do they fuck up so consistently? What is wrong with the CW? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Oh my god. Oh, I fucking I remembered when that that finale dropped and was just watching like seeing all the out of context comments on Tumblr and Twitter and yeah. just like laughing my ass off for like an hour. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh anyway, speaking of uh show's ending. Yeah. Uh, it was announced that season three of DuckTales is its final season. And... I... I it, it sucks. Um, that does suck. Unless one of the creatives behind it comes out and says, you know, like, this was, a plan, this was the plan, you know, um... It, I'm just going to keep saying it sucks. Even if it has a good finale. And it, it, a finale that is satisfying and ties everything up. I'm just not going to be... Uh, I'm just going to say this sucks. That it got cancelled. Uh, or that it ended, I, I should say. I'm... On the one hand, it does suck that it, it's getting cancelled. But on the other hand, if it... My personal opinion, if this series... If this season does have a good ending and we wrap up at least most of the plot points they want to wrap up... And um, it, it does all that. I, I'm fine with it because it, it's, it's been running for three years, like over 70 episodes. Like it had a good run. Yeah. You know? Um, the only reason I, I, I won't be happy is Gravity Falls changed the way I view. Actually, no, not just Gravity. Gravity Falls and OKKO. OK the two combined change the way I view shows coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Okay, KO had a satisfying ad ending, but uh, Mr. Quarterly, uh, Cordy, Quarterly, Cordy, I can never remember. Cordy, 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 just straight up said, "This isn't how I wanted it to end." We had way more planned. And and then you had Alex Hirsch over on uh, 
Gravity Falls, who said, no, it was always supposed to be two seasons. And the fact that he knew that it he only needed two seasons, he had the story and end point all figured out and knew he could do it in two seasons. And then you had uh, Cordy, Mr. Cor- uh, Ian Jones Cordy, uh, over on Gra- on uh, OKKO, who was visibly upset uh, in his talking about OKKO ending before he could, you know, do everything they had planned. And I can't help but feel, anytime I see a season get announced and it doesn't have the word, this is the final season attached to the season announcement... I instantly just say, I just instantly, my brain is like, these people had more planned. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if they managed to squeeze everything in that they had planned to that final season, it won't be how they wanted it. It won't be the optimal version of it. It, I'm just, I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, yeah. You could tell they were building up to something way bigger. Mm-hmm. In OKKO? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about DuckTales now. I mean, I don't... Foul... They've been setting up Foul since season one. They've know? got way more that they could set up. They've been setting up more than this, though. They, You've got the... They, there's way more they could have done with Gizmo Duck. There's way more they could have done with... Uh, uh, Darkwing, uh, the that Rescue Rangers thing that there, there's no payoff for that. It it's an unfired well, Chekhov's gun. Uh, say these things, but they don't have enough episodes left in the season to really do anything other than them no, doing another cameo. No, no, no. You say these things, but. When you you said Gizmo Duck, Darkwing Duck, and Rescue Rangers, Rescue Rangers, we're probably not gonna get another Rescue Rangers thing, probably like a reboot or whatever. But I'm like, it was always it was it always just kind of meant to be like a little cameo thing with the Gummy Bears thing. I'm fine with that. Gizmo Duck and Darkwing Duck, we'll get more stuff with Gizmo Duck and Darkwing Duck. I don't think there's enough time in the season left. No, not no. I I don't mean in Ducktales. Okay, no, we're getting into the second part of this conversation before we need to, I think. It's related, though. Fine, okay. Uh, There is a Darkwing Duck uh, series announced for for Disney+. Plus That's being headed up by Seth Rogen and someone else. And there is no mention of the DuckTales 2017 team involved in this show, so I don't think it's connected at all to this DuckTales. The problem is, is that, like, I, okay, this is me just, this is me having wishful thinking, and I realize that, I realize this, but they, the people who worked on the 2017 details were asked directly if they had involvement in this new reboot, and they didn't give a straight answer, and that answer, so they, and they could have just said no. Right? Mm-hmm. They could have just said no. Why would they be dodgy about the answer? You know what I mean? It could have been that they wanted, they didn't want to say that they were 
they didn't want to say anything because they didn't know how much they could say because they knew DuckTales was getting canceled and they didn't want that announcement until it was official. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they... It, they didn't want to say too much. I without, disagree. They, um, I know. I, I know you're you're probably right because, again, this is just me. This is, I said this beforehand. It's probably just wishful thinking on okay. my part. You're probably right. But I just, you know, it would... You know, I've been wanting this Darkwing Duck reboot, and now I don't know if I want it. Yeah. I don't know if I want it. Like, if 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 we know for a fact that at least some of the people from DuckTales are working on it, then I'm, okay, fine. And it's, and it's kind of following through on the stuff from DuckTales, then yeah, totally. I'm, I'm up for it. But if not, I kind of don't know if I want it. You know? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. The names attached to it right now as the executive producers are Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. Uh, those two should be known quantities. Seth Rogen, I don't need to introduce. Evan Goldberg is someone who has worked with Seth Rogen quite a lot from the production point. James Weaver and Alex McCaddy. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. James Weaver has was um, he also seems to work with Seth Rogen a lot uh, on a production side. Um, mm-hmm. Not really finding anything. Oh, he. Uh, oh. Fun. Uh, this is the Sausage Party team. Yep. That's what I thought. This is the Sausage Party team. Hey. Hey. Remember what you were saying earlier? Yeah. That thing you said earlier? Now it's my turn to say, hey, this sucks. Yeah. This fucking sucks, man. <sighs> Where's that Hannibal Boris Jeff? When I need it. That'll do. <sighs> How do you think I feel? As I the know. like the dark the Darkwing Duck guy. I know. I died a little inside. Yeah. That's the appropriate response, honestly. It it's <sighs> Listen. I'm I'm not saying it will suck. It's just not what we wanted. It's just not what we wanted. Like, even if, like, let's let's say a second-based case scenario. This is a second-best case scenario. Second-best case scenario is this team works on it, and it's actually a good Darkwing Duck reboot. And, but it's not tied to the DuckTales version of Darkwing. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. That still sucks. 
Okay. And best case scenario is obviously a lot of the people from 2017 come to work on this show, but that's a best case here's, scenario. Here's what I'm expecting now mm. that I know this is the Sausage Party team. One, it's going to be CG animated. Uh, um, that's just that's just what I'm expecting now. It, I okay. Before I get any further into this, I think it was even. It's still too early to say this isn't what we wanted, because it's still an early development. There's nothing to show. They're, they're, they're not even really talking about it other than that it's being worked on. Early development even means it could get canceled. Yeah. Also, again, wishful thinking on my part, because it's in early development, the people from DuckTales could come on to work on it at some point. And what's more the- important, mm-hmm. the people... The Seth Rogen's team could get taken off of it because creative differences between Disney and them. Because they're not exactly the most Disney-esque people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to reserve any judgment until I see a trailer. Yeah. Um. But, I need to see it. But that said, my expectations now that I know that the people currently working it on it are the uh, sausage party people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I am expecting CG animated, uh, just blatantly. Uh, Targeting um, nostalgia people. Mm-hmm. Um, just it, it's not going to be aimed at kids at all. It's it's not going to be inappropriate for kids, but it's just not going to be interesting to kids because it's clearly targeting the dads and the moms who grew up watching Darkwing Duck, like how Seth Rogen is. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, when I was just now looking up information on this, the same team is also apparently attached to a new uh, CG uh, TMNT movie. Mm. They could probably do better with TMNT. Um... I'm no stranger to bad TMNT things. Yeah. Uh, TM- TMNT... I like the Michael Bay movies. I I have to say, though, also, I've literally never watched a version of TMNT that I did not like. There's some that I liked more than others, but... But I'm pretty happy as long as I'm watching some teenaged mutant ninja turtles. Do you finally want to do a Ninja Turtles thing sometime in the near future? Yeah, I would like to do that before the end of January. Yeah, let's. We're going to do a holiday episode this month, but for January, 
maybe we could do a TMNT show. Which one? We don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Um, I will say, Mm -hmm. um, I know what I want to do for the first episode of the year. Yeah. But we'll get into that later, because that involves some planning. Um, Yes. uh, But the second episode, we'll do TMNT. I, I I told you I just recently reread or not reread but read all the uh, IDW TMNT stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, super in the TMNT mood. Uh, genuinely, uh, I like I, I just like TMNT. Um, I do too. Yeah, I love TMNT. But I'm like, honestly, I like TMNT in the same way I like Star Wars. In that, as long as I'm watching something with that name attached to it, I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like the discerning fan. I'm not like, oh no, this specific piece of media is utter trash and has no redeeming quality and is a is a black mark on the name of TMNT. I like the Last Mutation. I like the Michael Bay movies. Uh, Listen, I was with you until you said you liked the Last Mutation. The Last Mutation was my first extended exposure to TMNT beyond the action figures. I never watched the 80s cartoon. Uh, you're killing me, small. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. I, I had some of the action figures growing up, and I had a lunchbox. And I had a uh, couple of the Archie comics. I think we can get into our history of Turtles when we get... Yeah, we we'll, we'll get into it. that later. But yeah, so I, it's just... It seems Seth Rogen is trying to get into animation right now, specifically nostalgia-based animation. He's probably just at that age in his life. Um, yeah. Maybe he should pay his animators. Yeah, he should. He should. Maybe he should do that. I don't know. Yeah. Just a, a thing. He, I don't know. Maybe him and his production team maybe might pay their animators this time. But, yeah. You know. Anyway, so yeah, that that that's it for upkeep and a little bit of news, I'd say, unless you got something more to say. Yeah, did you did you have anything else to say about the DuckTales stuff at all? I'm not optimistic about it. Um, but I am keeping an open mind. I'm optimistic that will that this season will have a good ending. Whether or not you think it will be a satisfying ending to the series is up in the air. Oh, 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 sorry. You said DuckTales. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Even if it, like, it, I'm sure it'll have a satisfying ending. But it will, to me, just be flavored with, this isn't what they planned. This isn't how they planned it, initially. Mm. That this isn't how they wanted to go. I'm sure they wanted a fourth season, and a fifth season, even. Was- um, I, it, it's that, that I'm just I'm not I, I don't want to get into more conversation about it. I'm just saying, it's always gonna be colored with that tint from here on out. Yeah, for me, yeah, for we, me. I, yeah, no, no, that's fair. And and this, from, from my perspective personally, um, we talked about this a lot when we talked about OKKO. There have been too many shows that have ended they've been cancelled and like they didn't even get that yeah they didn't even get any remotely satisfying ending in fact the end the they ended on cliffhangers 
with a major plot point completely unresolved. I mean, or yeah, that, that's plot points completely most cartoons from the 80s and 90s. And yeah. 70s even, but 70s was... They were more episodic. It was pretty rare to see continuity-based episodes back then. Um, I mean, the the most recent examples in our... In probably the younger audiences, like Geist, or stuff like Symbiona Titan. Yeah. And yeah. The, the Green Lantern show. Yeah. Um, and uh, Motor City. Mor- yeah. Motor City did not have a satisfying ending, and I'm still hoping that Titmouse can get the rights back and they can get something going on Netflix or HBO Max or anything. Yeah. But I think that's it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. That's it for upkeep and news and stuff. We're not making a news segment. This is just relevant no. to upkeep. Uh, it's very relevant to upkeep. And, and, and honestly, it was worth talking about, I think. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, you know, strap into your amps and let's, uh, let, let's get into listeners. See you then. And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated. That was just Slumber, the tenth ending to listeners, uh, composed by the co-creator and uh, composer for the show Jin and sung by uh, Rie Takahashi who is the voice actress for the character Moo in Listeners uh, oh. oh wow that is Rie Takahashi you're super right yeah. uh, <laughs> interestingly enough uh, before we get too much far into it all of the ending themes uh, were performed by Rie Takahashi yeah do you have a favorite one I think slumber. That that that's why I brought it. it. It's so weird to hear a Japanese voice sing like a uh, sort of like American folk song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, or a song that I sounds like an I'll, American folk song, I should say. I liked love song a lot. Love song was good too. Also, the the opening uh, into the blues. Yeah, yeah, into the blues is really uh, good. A lot. I liked it a lot. Also, functioned as the. Closing, closing to the uh, epilogue. Final episode, yeah. Final episode and epilogue. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. So. Well, 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 before I get further into it, uh, mm-hmm. into the blues was also composed by Jin, and the opening version was performed by the band Akamer. Oh. Okay. Uh, but all the endings were Rie Takahashi. Uh, so, listeners is a 2020 anime. Uh, really produced by Studio Mappa with the original concept credited to Jin, Dai Soto, Dai Sato, and uh, Taichi Hashimoto. Uh, character design is by illustrator 
Pomodorosa, and uh, the whole anime is directed by Hiroaki Ando. The original score is composed by Lithium. Uh, it was also uh, licensed uh, by Funimation, of course, as most animes today are. Yes, and the dub is currently in the process of being released uh, week by week on their website. So I actually looked up MAPPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some they're information very, on They're very recent studio. They only opened like nine years ago. Yeah, uh, MAPPA is a studio established by Masao Moriyama, a founder and former producer of Madhouse. Uh, oh, established in yeah. 2011. Um, for all of you out there, the things you might know them for are like, um, they did Zombieland Saga. Yeah. Um, they've also done some stuff we've talked about. They they did Dota Hadoto. Yep. And they also did um, ju- they're also doing Jujutsu Kaisen currently. Yep. And they did uh, the God of High School. Uh, a bunch of stuff. They did Yuri on Ice. They, they're doing a lot of the Garo animes. Yep. Which I didn't know. And um, it makes sense that one of the guys from uh, Madhouse started this because they also did Hajime no Ippo The Rising. Yep, yep. Uh, Jin also worked, did a song for uh, Hajime no Ippo The Rising. Oh. Uh, he did one song for them. I can't remember which one. But um, Hiroki Ando... Uh, is known for working on uh, Aijin, uh, Knights of Sidonia the movie as a unit director, uh, short piece, and uh, five numbers, and digital juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jin, he's just credited as Jin, J-I-N, uh, as a composer, songwriter, and manga author, and a music producer who works on anime. Uh, he is known for working on anime such as World Calling, Nisekoi, uh, Nihon Bashi Koka, Kokashita R. Keikaku, Monogatara series, second season, Mekakusiti actors, uh, Kageru Daze. He's also the uh, manga creator who did Kageru Daze. Um, hmm. I think so. Wait. Um, uh, yeah, he, he's the manga author for Kageru Daze. Um a couple other things. Uh, Daisato is uh, credited with scripts on series such as Cowboy Bebop, specifically episodes 9, 14, 23, Ergo Proxy, uh, the Halo Legends short The Package. Uh, he also did work on Lupin III, Mine Fujiko. Uh, he also wrote episodes 5, 8, 9, 18, and 22 of Samurai Champloo, episode 13 wow. of Space Dandy, and episodes 7, 9, 11, 14, 21, 23, 26 of Wolf's Reign. Wow. He also worked on the manga uh, Eureka 7, Gravity Boys and Lifting Girl, and uh, Yuzuko Peppermint. I can definitely see the, the, the Eureka 7 character-esque design yeah. in the show. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, for particularly how they uh, were translated into animation, because again, uh, Pomodorosa, the illustrator, did the character design, but mm. the translated into animation, absolutely, they have a real yeah. uh, Eureka Seven look to it. Um, Taichi Hashimoto worked on uh, Dot Hack Quantum, Rosario Plus Vampire, Speed Grapher, and Revisions. 
Pomodorosa, as I mentioned earlier, has worked on character design for the anime Decadence uh, and did the end card illustrations for the 12th episode of the aforementioned series, as well as the third episode of Nisekoi. And Akamur, as I mentioned before, Akamur performs the opening theme for the series, Into the Blues, and Rie Takahashi performs 11 of the series' ending theme songs. <sighs> Man, you really, went at, you really went on in this one, huh? I really liked this. I was really excited to watch it, and I really enjoyed it all the way through, and I wanted to do my job as host. I'm, I'm going to try to do stuff like this more often. Um, yeah, I, I, try and, I like to try and do, do it as well, especially if it's something I'm really, yeah. you know passionate about talking about the production and you know we a lot of the time we end up talking about the production and cast of western stuff because we're more familiar with them yeah. but we really should try and start talking about production of anime and at, some of the stuff involved in it at the you know? very least the creative core um yeah for sure mention some of the previous stuff they've worked on exactly um so for those who don't know, Listeners is a series set in a post-apocalyptic world uh, where humanity is defended from creatures called the Earless, and the, the people who defend them are called Players, people who can plug into amps to create giant robots, and the story follows a boy named Echo and a mysterious girl named Mew as they try to figure out her lost memories. Interestingly enough, also worth mentioning, this is a land with no music. Yeah, the, this is a world where no, where music doesn't exist. Amplifiers like, exist for the sole purpose of turning into giant mechs once they're plugged into a player. Yeah, and in fact, there's a lot of people... When Mew hums to herself a lot, Echo is like really confused by what it even is. Yeah. What humming even is. Players are the only one who have any sense of melody and rhythm and idea of what a song is because they all hear the same song. Exactly the 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 song that is that all players know as the little girl said. Yeah. Uh. Also, a lot like JoJo, this anime is just musical references everywhere. Yeah, it it doesn't really. It's not like Beck, where it talks about music directly, but it uses music as a theming concept. Like it, exactly. it it's really. It references music a lot, and I've got a 27-point list of music references, uh, though half Go of on. those are episode titles, because um, all the episode titles are named after songs. Um, and I have the li- I have the, li- the list, too, if you want to trade off stuff. Uh, okay. Do one, and I'll do one, or do you want to just go through the whole list yourself? I don't mind. Uh, we'll alternate until the ep- uh, okay. we'll, we'll alternate. Do you have the episode titles, too? Uh yeah, there's a in this in a section here. There's actually a section specifically for episode titles. In All this right. List. Um, you go first. Okay, so episode one is oh, named after. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. I, I have you it. Or, I have it ordered differently. Okay. Um. Uh. It's actually on the Wikipedia article if you want to look. Yeah. At, at the I, bottom. Yeah, that's where I copied it from, but it had all the uh, oh, okay. With, episodes well, at the bottom. We'll of the just list. do it in the order. Well, then we'll just do it in the order. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. So, Echo Wreck, the main character, one of the main characters, and then after the Benson Echo Wreck and Echo Machine, used by several bands, most notably uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. 
Um, Mew is named after the Mew chord, a major musical chord. Mr. Jimmy Stonefree, which is like, I'm I'm dumb. I feel dumb that I did. It took me a while to catch on that that was the reference to his name. Is yeah. obviously named after Mr. Jimi Hendrix, and of course his. It's 1966 song, uh, Stone Free. Yep. McGee is named after Alan McGee, a music industry executive who first spotted the band Oasis. Also, the the name of uh, Echo's sister's bar is called Oasis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what else? Uh, that I don't think is on this list, but um, the amp that uh, Mew pilots that uh, Echo built. Uh, the AC30, AC30 is an actual model of amplifier made by Vox. Oh, interesting. Um, the town where uh, Echo is from, Liverchester, is a portmanteau of Liverpool and Manchester, which are considered two major senses of British rock and roll. Yep. Leo Marshall is named after Leo Fender and Jim Marshall, pioneers of the music instruments and electric amplifiers. Uh, the Noise Sisters, Vine, Stir, and Zende uh, Nebutaten, are named after the band Ein, Einster Zende Nebutaten, which is... Nebauten. God, that's really hard. Nebauten? Nebauten. Nebauten. It's really hard to say. Yeah. Ein, Stir, and Zend Nebauten. Ein, Stir, and Zend Nebauten. Ein, Stir, Zend Nebauten. When, when put Einster. all together. Yeah. For the band. Einsterzend Nebaut. Yeah. Um, not important. This is just a laser. They remind me of the Canker Sisters. Um, I got Team Rocket vibes. Yeah. Uh, Biren and Kevin Valentine are named after the band and band members of uh, My Bloody Valentine, Belinda Butcher, and Kevin Shields. Also, their finishing move... Uh, What's it? Something a kiss for you or whatever it's called is a name of a My Bloody Valentine song. Yeah. Um, Near is named after the band Nirvana. Her appearance resembles uh, Kurt Cobain, and her shirt also reads Polly, which is a song by Nirvana. Yep. Likewise, Hole is named after the band Hole, and his appearance roughly resembles Courtney Love. Roughly. Yeah. And the the one. And when he showed up, this was when I started to look for the musical references. Yeah. Was Mr. Denka, who I was who very strongly resembles Prince. Yeah. And his Japanese name Denka literally means highness. Yeah. Further linking the two references. Yep. Uh, Wendy and Lisa are named after Wendy Melvoin and Lisa Coleman, who worked with Prince in his band The Revolution. Lyde and Richie are named after Johnny Rotten um, and Sid Vicious from the band Sex Pistols. Yeah, they were born... Th th those aren't their birth names. They were born John Linden and John Ritchie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy Walker and Sally Simpson are named after characters in the Who's 1969 rock opera album Tommy. Janice is named after Janis Joplin. The title of episode one is named after the 1994 song Live Forever by English rock band Oasis. The episode two is named after the 1995 album uh, 85. 85 Hibermensch by German rock band uh, Einsterzende Nebutaten. Yeah. Uh, title of episode three is named after the 1988 EP 
you made me realize by Irish alt rock band My Bloody Val- Valentine. Uh, episode four is named after the nineteen ninety one song "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana. The episode also it has a drug in it called Teen Spirit. Yep. The native title of episode five is named after the nineteen eighty four song "When Doves Cry" by American singer Prince. And also in the episode where we first see Denka, he makes a reference to when doves cry as well. Yeah. Oh, all- which this also doesn't list. Yeah. And the setting of the episode is based on Minneapolis, which is where Prince is from. He also calls it Paisley Park, which is another Prince song. Yeah. And an album. Yeah. Uh, episode five is named after the 1997, 1997, 1979 song Goodbye Blue Sky. Also by, episode uh, Pink six. Floyd. Episode six. Uh, by. Uh, Pink Floyd. Yep. The episode prominently features a city within a triangular prism resembling the album cover from Dark Side of the Moon called The Wall. Also, the little gemstone that makes The Wall is called Crazy Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the native title of episode 7 is named after the 1977 song Problems by English punk rock band The Sex Pistols. The title card for the episode also resembles the album cover of Nevermind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. Uh, episode 8 is named after the 1974 song The Real Me by English rock band The Who. The symbol of the council unit uh, within the episode resembles the Bullseye logo for the band. Yeah, and they're all sort of based on that, uh, the mod movement that was big in England in that era in the 60s, 70s, uh, to the point where the field marshal's uh, motorized wheelchair looks like a moped. Yeah. Also, it's not. It's also not mentioned in this list. But um, the name of the play that Mew is doing in the this in Londinium is called All Along the Watchtower, yeah. which is a Hendrix song. Actually, it's a Bob Dylan song. Hendrix really? covered it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a cover. Yep. You're super right. Uh, <laughs> I know my dad rock really well. Um, Clearly. Uh, the title of episode nine is named after the nineteen seven, yeah, nineteen seventy one song "Freedom" by American rock guitarist Jimi Hendrix. Like Teen Spirit, there's another drug featured in the episode called "Purple Haze." Uh, episode ten is named after the nineteen thirty seven song "Crossroad Blues" by the man, the myth, the legend Robert Johnson. Yeah. Uh, the episode also alludes to um, how Johnson, there was a popular myth about Johnson, how he made a deal with the devil at the crossroads, mm-hmm. uh, which was supposedly why he was so successful. Yep. The village this episode is set in is named after Clarksdale, Mississippi, where Johnson and several famous blues, music, blues musicians used to live. Yep. Uh, the title of episode 11 is named after the 1992 song, I Am the Resurrection, by English rock band The Stone Roses. I need to write down I Am the Resurrection for a stand name. That is a pretty good one. Anyway, uh, episode 12, final episode, is named after the 1967 song Hello Goodbye by the Beatles. The title card of the episode resembles the album cover of Magical Mystery Tour. The epilogue title is named after the 1966 song Tomorrow Never Knows, also by the Beatles. Yep. And those are all the musical references. Yep. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've got a similar... Uh, list for uh, Legend of Black Heaven, but it's just for the episode titles. I there, there's definitely a lot in 
Black Heaven, uh, but I didn't pick. Oh up. yeah, totally. I couldn't find a consolidated list, and I couldn't quite pick up on all of them. But it's not as important. Um, as for the the series like itself, um, yes, that that's what I'm really interested to talk about. Um, so, how do how do I start? Where do I start? You know what? You seem to have the strongest feelings about this. So if you want to, like, okay, yeah. Um, so I was. While I was researching this show, after watching it, I came across a lot of negative reviews of it, and I refused to read any of them, because uh, I didn't want that to color our discussion. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, I really like this show. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a masterpiece by any means it it's very much uh it definitely says something and it has something to say and it says it but it kind of feels like uh blood blockade battlefront where it's really more style over substance even though there is substance yeah no i feel that um it's really it really relies on... <laughs> that's a music reference. I get that. Uh, emotion. Um, yeah. And I love that sort of thing, so I'm fine with that. Uh, I know some people don't like that. But I think even without the, that, it still is good. It's still interesting enough to make me want to sit through it all. Again, I'm curious to sit through the dub now to see what they change. Um... I uh, I wasn't super into it until um, until we really started to explore what the deal with the the events that led to Jimmy Stonefruit disappearing and the Earless were. Yeah, it it had this really slow start where they were just sort of wandering, and you it, those episodes served as world building. Uh, you you started to get a feel for the world, and then they introduced the uh, what happened to Jimmy plot, which has a a very strong like uh, twin is it Twin Pines, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. That's what it is. Thank you. It has like a sort of Twin Peaks vibe to it all, like a a, a John Lynch, John Lynch, right? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, uh... Hold on. Was it was it Lynch who did Twin Peaks? I'm pretty sure it was. I don't remember. Hold on. Let me slide this up. Yeah. Uh, Twin Peaks. No, not the restaurant. Uh, Twin Peaks was... David, yeah, David Lynch. David Lynch? David Lynch. David that's Lynch. right, David Lynch. Uh, I knew his name was Lynch. It was Lynch. It was Lynch, just wrong first now. Yeah. Um, it it, it sort of, w- once they introduced the what happened to Jimmy, it had that feel to it almost a little bit. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I'm wholly satisfied with where it wound up. Um, yeah, I don't. That's the one thing I will say that I didn't particularly care for about this show is that like, well, one, you never really actually find out. What what happened to Jimmy? And also, it's really unclear what the earless even are. 
it's super unclear by the end of the show. They're just mysterious beings. That's all we know. Well, no, like, if, at first it's implied that they're people who tried to be players but weren't. Then it's said that they're dead spirits, and then they tell you they're monsters from another dimension. Yeah. They tell you, like, three different things. Well... And I'm like, which one is it? Okay. The reason they would do that is they're hinting at the... We don't know jack shit about them, really. Because the way the... the it's the, that first one, the uh, they're people who failed to become players thing is introduced, is that that's some old men trying to scare a little kid with ghost stories. Uh, th- those are never really true. That, that, that's... Yeah. Um, they're just little horror stories to scare a kid. Um, the other two are the two that are really worth... Which one of those is accurate? Like, yeah, are they spirits or are they just from another dimension? Like, what is it? I think I think we need a season two that explores this. That that that's all I can really give you. There's evidence for both. Is the problem? Yeah. I think I like the idea of them being from another dimension. Or maybe they're somehow tied to the apocalypse thing. Mm-hmm. Like they they might be some sort of result of the because they never. This is described as post-apocalyptic, but they don't really talk about the apocalypse. You, you, there's some big meta shit I think they're trying to do with the earless and the message of the show, because. What I got out of um, when Mew became listeners, the king of the earless. Yeah. Um, what I got out of that was that when she said that whole shit about I am listeners, I am the one that hears the players, and that her power is like this void blackness type deal. Mm-hmm. I think what that's implying is that she, the earless and whatever the that other dimension are like. It's like um. They're literally the sound of silence. You know what I mean? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, not to make a... I'm not trying to make a joke, but yeah. But they're literally the the literal sound of silence they manifest, right? Yeah. They listen. They can't make sound themselves because they're silence. Mm. But that's, that's me being like... God, this is... This... God, this sounds exactly how I talk when I talk about Big O. Just, I always... <laughs> just the really... You know that feeling when you're like, am I talking out of my ass? <laughs> I don't know. Am I just, like, making up some sort of, like, weird, like, over-the-top artistic interpretation that sounds way too meta for its own good? Or, or am I just... I don't know. I, I Well, no, here's the thing. That's what they're going for. Oh yeah, totally. They are. That's exactly what they're going for. So I think that might that might be the case. Yeah. So like, yeah, we are. You are sounding like that, but you have to because that's what the show is going for. I mm-hmm. I, I don't think we could talk about the show without going into that zone. Yeah. The the other the other big uh. I think theme 
of this show other than like the the early stuff is um because it focuses so much on the relationship between Mew and Echo. Mm-hmm. The, the one of the major themes is of course um the what is the self? Yeah. It it it, it really it kind of touches on the same shit that the Big O touched on. Like, what is self and what is humanity? Yeah, but in a different in way. A diff- yeah, in a different way, through different means. But it, it still kind of touches on those two concepts. Yeah. Like, I... The, the, I think what I said to you when I finished this show was... There were a lot of questions that I feel were unanswered, but it gave me the feels, TM. Yeah. The ending, specifically uh, when Mew, when you, he, he was Echo was in that landscape and Mew was there, scared and alone, mm-hmm. and he was talking to her. That made me cry a little. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Here's another thing, with the exception yeah. of like. Tommy and uh what what's his name? Um with the with the exception of Tommy and Hole, every character in the show is likable. Oh yeah, totally. Uh like the, all these characters except those two are designed for you to like them. Um mm-hmm. So it it's kind of natural to get the feels, but they also give speci- particularly um, Mew and Echo and Near and uh, Light and Richie. They give them a, a particularly strong like emotional core. Um, yeah, I honestly would. I would. I wish we had gotten one more episode just with Near and Light and Richie. Absolutely, yes. They they started to touch on that, but they didn't quite get to it yet. Um, yeah, I I kind of wanted at least one more episode with with the three of them. I really kind like. I would not mind a season two. Mm-hmm. Um, because I or a movie or. Mm, no, I, I really think I'd like a season two. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, like, I wouldn't turn down a movie, but I, I would like the long form more than the single burst. Because I feel like you could do with the show really neat. We, we had a little bit of world building first, and then they had the mystery. We need more world building. That's what I really want from a season two. Yeah. Um make make the mystery like make make how did like they could make it like suddenly music's back. And then yeah. well what happened to music to make it go away in the first place? That could be the mystery. And meanwhile, the mystery would be serving the purpose of world building. I think yeah, I also think I just have, might have had a realization. What? I don't know if this. Okay, so the remember the scene where um, Mew. It's like not long after 
it's under the control of the purple haze shit in the uh, room with all the mirrors, and it looks like she's talking to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? The way I what interpreted is the that. There? The way I interpreted that is, um, listeners. Um, Speaking through Jimmy? No, 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 no. Listeners um, took a human form based on Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mew is the yeah, which is why Mew looks like Jimmy. Yeah, because she's not actually Jimmy's little sister. Uh, that that's Janice. Um, why is Jimmy so pale if his sister's? I have not, no idea. Yeah. Also, who gave them? Who, also, who gave them the right to make Jimmy so pretty? Who who gave them the right? That Pomerosa. man is way too pretty. <laughs> Pomerosa. <laughs> Yeah, that well, they have the right, and they should. They have. I'm glad that they did it because boy, Jimmy is really pretty. Yeah, I, I ended up looking up uh, Pomerosa. They have a Tumblr, um, and Ooh, a Twitter. Uh, the Twitter is mostly oh. reposts from their Tumblr. Um, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to follow their Twitter. Yeah, uh, go for the Tumblr because everything just links back. You try to open up an image, and it just goes to their Tumblr. So just follow the Tumblr. Oh well, then I'll just yeah, yeah. I'll follow the. The the tongue the uh, All their characters are super pretty, and they all. I was gonna on while we're talking about Pomerosa. Um, I really like the character design in this. Like like you were saying, Jimmy's real pretty, but I also like how everyone has like these chubby cheeks. Oh yeah, totally. They're all very. Everybody's round. Yeah. In this show. Even if they're you know like. They they don't really diverge from those like standard anime body proportions really but they all have rounded edges yeah i think my favorite character design is probably denka but that's just because they're like prince yeah denka's fun uh denka's the car i i wouldn't mind a prequel that explores more denka maybe the gig is the apocalypse yeah possibly maybe i'm overthinking the apocalypse and the um the thing that killed Jimmy, or Jimmy going yes, through, yeah, maybe that's what they mean by post-apocalyptic. It's a super it's recent. Just like it was only ten years ago. Yeah, it's a super recent apocalypse. Yeah. I'm used to apocalypse meaning fifty years ago or two hundred years ago. The world ended. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. But I, I, regardless, I would still like to see more world building in this world because I'm super interested and they did not give us enough. They didn't... (sighs) This show is Boba Fett. It's all really (laughs) cool and stylish but they didn't give us a fucking enough. (laughs) That's really good. That's really good. I like that. Uh, That's a really good analogy. It's Boba Fett. It's General Grievous. It's... Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, yep. By the way, just watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, and uh, Boba Fett finally did something cool. Wait, Boba Fett is in The Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. They got uh, Tamora Morrison to come play him. When? What's the time frame of The Mandalorian again? Uh, a few years after Return of the Jedi. 
Oh, okay. Got it. He crawled out of the Sarlacc pit. All right, well, that's. I guess they made that canon then. Yeah. Uh, they, well, they cherry-picked that. Okay. Just, just like how they cherry-picked Thrawn. Yeah. They haven't explicitly said he crawled out of the Sarlacc pit, um, but they oh. intoned that fate intervened. So someone Got either it. saved him or he managed to crawl out. I don't know. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but he finally did something cool. Like, he had the whole, like, slow walk while beating up a bunch of stormtroopers scene. Uh, good. It, it was real good. Uh, sorry, spoilers for... Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> um, Put it, do, do the thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do the whole thing right now. It's after the fact the anyway. Yeah. Um, it is after the fact, but... Uh, Going back to listeners, unless you had one other thing to say. Um. Well, just like yeah, they they, it, it's a whole lot of style and everything looks really cool, but they don't they just don't give us enough. Um, yeah. and maybe that's what a lot of the complaints are that I I saw like head titles for not head titles um headlines for negative reviews. Uh, maybe it's just like there's just not enough there, and it. It yeah. is technically like a half. It's only th- twelve episodes. That that's like a half season. Um, yeah. The the thing going back to that scene we were talking about a minute ago about in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's listeners talking to Mew because Mew is clearly like they're the same person, but they're not. Right? Yeah. Mew is a kind of her own person, and listeners is listeners. They're um, non-mer. It's a non-merged amnesiatic uh, identity. Yeah, and then listeners is using the face of Jimmy to communicate with Mew. Yeah, and the listener says a bunch of stuff about how they were in a cage of mirrors, which a cage of mirrors infinitely reflecting. Mm-hmm. Which I think is obviously talking about the world of the earless, which I think leads more credence to the fact that the earless and wherever they're from is literally the the sound of silence or some sort of void type space or whatever. Yeah. No change, no sound. It's all just, you know. Could also be the which, afterlife. Wait a minute. That's what it is. Oh my god, I just got it. What? The reason the earless and the listeners they want to destroy everything, and they they all just it's because they're used to being in a world that doesn't have noise. Oh. It's just it's over. They're being overstimulated constantly. They want she wants to silence everything because it's just it's all noise, lights. It's too much. And that, that's why they're using amps to fight them. Like, all the attacks are comes from speakers that are on the giant robots. And literally, like, every attack sound that they make is utilizing the sound of guitar feedback from an amp. Yeah, and that it's using what they're not used to. And it's like they're, over, they're being over... They overstimulate it and it destroys them, basically. Yeah. Because they don't... 
they're used to living in a world that has no change, sound, lights, or anything, and it's just... They can't understand this world full of sounds and lights and speaking and talking, and so they just lash out. That's interesting. At least that's... I don't know. It, it's a Again. good working theory. Um, and yeah. it's a sort of... it. it it's intentionally left up to debate because they, they, they didn't have time to really go into it, or maybe they didn't intend to go into it. Maybe they only ever intended to do twelve episodes. Um, yeah. And like, if, if I, sorry, go on. No, go on. No, no, go on. Finish. I was just gonna say, and you know, like sometimes there are uh, epilogues or last episodes that sort of, even if they know it's their last one, they sort of imply. There's more that could happen. This one does. This one just sort of like you know they're just they're going on, but it doesn't like hint towards any new adventure, really. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You were going to say though, but uh, I was just, I was just going to say that much like Big O, um, it's it's definitely just a lot of us left open to your own interpretation. Yeah, for sure. How you want to how you want to read it. Which, the the whole, I think there's just really a lot of negative um, connotations to shows or pieces of media that do that, because it le- it opens itself up to like snobby art assholes who want to like, you know, try and find meaning in something that was never intended to be there, yeah. or like feel like they need to find like like that. Where's that? Like that thing about what did Shakespeare mean when he said this door was red? I meant it was red, bitch. <laughs> there was no other meaning. That's all I meant. Yeah. Yeah. There's that Tumblr post that's just like this long thing of like a guy in middle school and his teacher says, what did Shakespeare mean when he said it was red? And then the guy becomes a nuclear physicist and learns string theory to go into another dimension. He goes to the Naruto dimension to learn the jutsu that brings back zombies. And then he goes back to his world, brings back William Shakespeare and takes William Shakespeare to his fourth grade teacher's house to tell her hey bitch I meant when I said it was red I just meant it was red (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah but you know there's a happy middle ground where you can definitely interpret things but there's also sort of like a going too far with it and just trying to find meaning that isn't there yeah there's definitely I mean there's Evidence of both, you know? Like, there's definitely yeah, yeah. media where, no, it's surface level. Don't dig too deep. Uh, and then there's stuff like this, particularly, that I think it, it's specifically left vague yeah. for interpretation. It's not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to say it's super deep, because it's not. But. It, it's not. I, I think it's using vagueness as a means to falsify a level of deepness. Yeah. Uh, It's a a puddle that looks deeper than it actually is. Yeah, it's letting you draw your own conclusions about the actual depth. I I think the nature of its vagueness is to encourage people to ask for a sequel. It's Schrodinger's puddle. Yeah. If you step in it, you'll know how deep it is. 
But if you don't step in it, it's eternally deep. Exactly. Sometimes it is that deep, fam. Yeah. Uh, I don't really got anything else to say about it. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, All right, cool. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect there to be giant robots, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised, but after hearing it was, you know, the Eureka Seven guy working on it too, I was unsurprised that there were giant robots. Yeah. And the giant robots are fine. The only one that I would be like, yeah, I want to own a figure of that was the Dual Showman. Dual Showman's pretty cool. I liked. Um, I liked AC30. It, it looked the most like an actual amp while in robot form. I like that his head was shaped like an old-style microphone. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's a good look for a, for a robot head. A ro- it's a cute robot. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, that's, I, a, that's about it. Yeah, I also like the uh, generic head. The generic ones with the cockpits. Oh yeah, the the, the grunt guys. Yeah, yeah. The, I I would want a figure of those just because I know I could get like not not like a one twelfth scale that would be too big, but like a one twenty fourth scale with like little two inch figures that you could put in the cockpit. That'd be fun. I I actually take it back. Uh, I actually like Sneers amp little like equipment. weird squid thing, jellyfish, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, with the ring, with the halo around it. Yeah, I like that it. was pretty cool. I like it a lot. You know what? Okay, this is going to be a, a thing. The The robot designs and the way that the people hang on to the robot's shoulders and the, their size mm-hmm. reminds me of an anime called Gadguard. Can you say that again? You've ever heard Gadguard. I've never heard of it. G-A-D-Guard. Gadguard. Never heard of it. Yeah, it was. It, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked that you haven't heard of it. It's pretty obscure. It was on. There was a when Tech TV still existed. Ah. Um, they had an anime block. Of course. And that was one of them. They had also had Lot Last Exile, and uh, Abinabashi, the Magical Shopping Arcade, and uh, Crom Marty High School. This was before it became G Four, right? Yeah, this was before it became G Four. Okay. Um. And then they also... That was where I watched uh, Better Man as well. Ah, I never had Tech TV or G4, so I've, I've never seen any of those stuff. Uh, yeah. My only exposure... I recommend Better Man. Better Man? Yeah, I like Better Man. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll take a look at it next year, since yeah. we're like, at the end. The only... Um, yeah, the only, the only thing that I would say about... Better man is that it's 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 Obari's human character design. Oh, so that's it's it. just that's of that it's, it's just of that era and it's that designer. It's, so yeah, all the other designs are cool. Like all the monsters and the robots are really cool though. Okay, uh, so yeah, we're gonna take one short break, and when we get back, uh, strap on your guitars because it's time for the Legend of Black Heaven. See you then. Now, back to... 
Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back, everybody. That was Cautionary Warning, the opening theme to Kacho Oji, known over here in the States as The Legend of Black Heaven, or simply Black Heaven. Uh, Kacho Oji, Legend of Black Heaven, is an anime released in 1999. It was conceptualized by Hiroki Hayashi and produced by Pioneer. Uh, It's directed by Yasuhito Kikuchi with uh, Naruhisa Arakawa, Handling series composition, Kazuto Nakazawa designing the characters, and Koichi Korenaga composing the music. Uh, the Japanese title is a pun. It can be translated as Section Manager Oji, or literally Section Manager Prince. In English, the series was changed to reflect the name of the band of the, in the series. Uh, Hiroki Hayasha, Hayashi uh, has worked on direction, storyboarding, and planning and key animation on series such as Bubblegum Crisis, El Hazard, The Magnificent World, Guy Ray Zero, Mushishi, Shuffle, Strike Witches, 1, 2, and the movie, uh, various Tenchi series, among others, uh, the Inuyasha movie 1, uh, the 2002 Jojo OVA, Kimagure Orendrode, Macross F, Maho Shoujo Pretty Sammy, Saint Seiya, and many more. Uh, no, so- sorry. Go on. Oh, uh, I was just—I was just gonna say. Uh, I didn't know they worked on Mushishi. I love Mushishi. Yeah. Mushishi is very good. If you—if y'all haven't watched Mushishi, watch Mushishi. Alrighty. Uh, Naruhisa Arakawa has worked on Martian successor Nadesco, Nad- uh DN Angel, uh, Spice and Wolf, Terraformars Revenge, among many other, and a bevy of Tokusatsu series going as far back as Common Rider Black. Uh, Kazuto Nakazawa has worked on char- as a character designer on animated series such as El Hazard, both 1 and 2, Tenchi in Tokyo, Final Fantasy Unlimited, Samurai Champloo, Days, Battle Arena Toshinden, uh, Be the Beginning, as well as video games such as Tales of Legendia and Asura's Wrath, as well as directing music videos for Linkin Park, specifically Breaking the Habit. Uh, Utada Hikaru, specifically Devil Inside, Asian Kung Fu Generation, specifically Atarashi Sekai, and Supercell, specifically Utakata Hanabi. Uh, Koichi Koranaga has worked as a composer and musical producer for animated series such as the third Madoka movie, Fate Zero, Pandora Hearts, Maburaho, uh, Love Hina, Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040, and Roroni Kenshin. Uh, the opening uh, to this series is Cautionary Warning by John Sykes off his album 20th Century. Sykes is best known for playing in bands such as White Snake and Thin Lizzy, uh, Tigers of Pantang, and Blue Murder. And the episode titles are all, are all references to classic rock songs. Uh, episode 1 is Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin. Uh, that's Yeah, that's the most obvious one. Uh, there, there's some... Uh, yeah, it's the most obvious one, but there's some other real obvious ones, too. Uh, All Night Long by Rainbow, Hot House, uh, referencing the Yardbird song, Hot House of 
Omgarashid from the UK release of Roger the Engineer. It could also be referencing the Bebop standard by Charlie Parker. Um, Mm, Yeah. uh, The next one is Space Child by UFO. Uh, Then These Are the Days by Van Morrison. Uh, Walk Away by Bad Religion. Uh, Then In Need by Grand Funk Railroad. All Right Now by Free. Get Off My Cloud by The Rolling Stones. Ten Years Ago, again by The Yardbirds. Uh, Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Into the Arena, Running Wild. And The End by The Doors. That's my show notes. That's all. Wow. Yeah. So. Good job. Yeah. Uh... The opening theme, Cautionary Warning, which we were just listening to, uh, I really liked it. Um, yeah, I did too. It's it, it's got the, it, it's like the crossroads pun uh, between um, like Guns and Roses and uh, like Megadeth, like that. That's what it sounds I like. The mix say- of. I was going to say Guns N' Roses meets Crush 40. I can hear that too, yeah. Very butt rock. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's John Sykes. It's fucking White Snake guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Um, yeah. Um, I have a weird history with this show. Oh? My only, until watching it, my only exposure to it was an an AMV. Oh boy! Tell me more. Tell me more. It was a v- AMV called Code Monkey. I think I've seen that. And it one. was using yeah, it was using scenes from this anime with the song Code Monkey. That's my only exposure to this fucking anime <laughs> until watching it for this show. Yeah. Um. I had this show recommended to me. Uh. God, it must have been back two thousand eight. Um. Maybe two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had just, I I was hanging out with a friend and we were talking about anime. All we ever did was hang out in his family's trailer and sit on his bed and use his gigantic fucking television to watch anime and movies and shit. Um, nice. Uh, but, uh, I told him, like, I, I really liked Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. I'm, I'm looking for more anime about music. And uh, he was like, oh, Legend of Black Heaven's pretty good. I was like, all right, I'll check that out. And I saw it then, really liked it, and then forgot about it for like six years and then remembered it. And I was like, I hope that's as good as I remember, but I'm scared to look. And then when I knew I wanted to do listeners, I thought this would be the perfect pairing for it. Mm-hmm. Um. We also could have done done this with Beck. Yeah, we could have. There's other series I'd like to do with Beck more. I, I, I had a really good pairing for Beck. Um, yeah, we can discuss that later. Yeah, but, but yeah. I can't remember what it is right now. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, the things I was worried about not being as good, uh, not liking as much this time around, still held up. It's very much like a... You could tell this guy is forty years old, and not not this guy. The, the the people who conceptualized it either knew someone who was in their mid forties and just not happy with their life or their wife or their kid, um, mm-hmm. 
or maybe it's just about like remembering why you fell in love in the first place and why you wanted to have a child with this person. Yeah, I uh I think my overall opinion of this show is that um I re- I really could have done without until the, at least the, except for as I for the finale. Mm-hmm. I could have done out done without any of the weird alien shit. Yeah. Um the show the show was most interesting when it was just about OG being introspective and his relationship with his old bandmates and his wife and kids. Yeah. Uh my favorite scenes are all OG remembering, "Oh yeah, I love my wife." <laughs> or like my favorite line in this show was him at the park watching his sounds like, "I don't know my kid." Why don't I know my kid? Yeah. Why don't I know anything about him? What's for, why should know my kid? Why shouldn't why don't I know? Yeah, him? yeah and, and then... it, oh man, I just the the alien shit. Yeah, I could I could do out without the alien shit. I could do without Layla, honestly. Oh, Layla's another musical reference to uh, that famous song. Yeah. The only thing I liked from the ending was how they brought back their old bandmate as like this weird cyborg with multiple arms, and they had a cool final battle. Yeah, that was it. Other than that, I could have done with all the this, this stupid space shit. Yeah. Um. A lot of it felt like padding. I, I I really it. I think it's just. I mean, look at the things that the rest of this team worked on, and then the year it came out. Yeah, you're. Right. And it like most of these people worked on Tenchi. Tenchi doesn't need alien yeah. shit either, but it has it. Uh, and, you know, other series in it, too. Um, other series yeah. they worked on. Tenchi's the only one I can really yeah. remember at this moment. But um, You know what I could see? I could see this was listeners, too, but I could definitely see, instead of this being an anime, being, like, an album that like Intercell five 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 or something where like the the story is told through the context of a bunch of album songs. I could see that. Um It really only had two songs though, is the thing. No, but I mean if like in a in a different yeah, world. Yeah, in a different, in a different world. Different place. If they had made more of songs I mean it has more than two songs, but I mean like most of the for most of the thing he's playing cautionary warning when he's fighting the aliens yeah. and then he writes uh let you go let me go um it yeah, yeah. also that that song I, let you go let me go the one from the last episode very good such a good song i love that i i much like listeners it took me a few episodes to really get into this i was once we started to get into more of like again his relationship with his son and his wife and we got my first, one of my favorite episodes is the where he goes to meet his old bandmates and he sees what their life was like now yeah and how they've also kind of like how they've changed and how them having families just like him has changed him yeah um I actually really like OG's wife. She's nice. Uh, she she's a little she, she's a realist. 
is a thing, and he's yeah, a dreamer. Exactly. Uh, and they need each other. She, he need. They're not supporting each other like they need to be, because realists need someone to sort of draw them into the fanciful, and dreamers need someone to pull them into reality. Uh, yeah, I think that's what that's what this show was is them reconnecting really. And yeah, realizing that they how much they do need each other. Yeah, despite their differences. And I like the whole um, model home uh, framing where it's like she she wants to buy a house. She doesn't want to live in the company dormitories anymore. Yeah, they have two rooms and a bathroom. Yeah, uh, three. Rooms, I also maybe. like that she's not. I also like that she's not conventionally attractive. Yeah, she's cute, but she's not like. I mean, she's anime cute. She's, but she's not like. She's yeah, not she's Layla. Not, <laughs> she's she's not quote unquote conventionally attractive. Yeah, by no, anime I, standards, I, I, by I if, like if she was a real human being, she'd be very attractive. Uh. Oh yeah, she'd be. She'd, I and also I love how short she is. Yeah, <laughs> she's so tiny. Yeah, maybe it's just OG's really tall. OG's tall and lanky. Um, yeah, it might be a combination of the two. He's got the uh, Spike Spiegel build without the Spike Spiegel charm. <laughs> he's charming in his own. No, way. he is. It's just not Spike Spiegel charm is what I'm getting at. He he's. I mean, he is a rocker. Like he he was a cool rock and roll man. There you can't really be that without a little bit of charm unless you're Ted Nugent. Um Damn Well, Ted Nugent is charming to a certain group of people, I should say. Um I mean no, it's just a sick burn. Yeah. Um You know you want know OG I think is he's a he's a really good example of a um how do I put this? I'm of a very... I, I, th- I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I have a very, like... Um, when it comes to media and just writing in general, when I write or when anybody writes, mm-hmm. I love any time that you're allowed to see a character just exist and kind of be a character uh, like without any like extraneous circumstances downtime exactly like just let them be which is why i think a lot of the most interesting stuff in this show is literally everything that doesn't have to do with aliens it's just og doing about going about his daily life and talking to his wife and um having self-contemplation about his past i'm I'm right there with you um your creative outlet is writing. My creative outlet is action figure photography. And a lot of action figure photographers, you know, they, they do, like, cool action scenes, you know? They they do, uh, like, a cool fight scene or whatever. I like to do, like, um, what the, like, what Captain America does between fighting Nazis, you know? Or, like, yeah. one of my favorite, I, I did one of my favorite photos, conceptual the concepts of one of the my favorite photos that I took was um, it was supposed to be the the morning after patrol, and it was uh, it, it was uh, oh I forgot her name 
Jessica Jones. It was Jessica Jones. It was Iron Fist. It was uh, Daredevil, and it was mm-hmm. The Punisher. I, I I didn't have a uh, Luke Cage action figure. Still don't. Uh, Marvel Legends doesn't want to make getting Luke Cage easy. Um, they only ever stick him in two packs that are expensive, or four packs, or convention exclusives. Um, damn you, Hasbro. Um, Hasbro. Just give, anyway. anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, like it, it was, and they were just like sort of like sitting in on a couch or a chair and Jessica Jones was just looking at her phone and uh, Matt Murdock and uh, Frank Castle were just sort of like passed out on the couch. Uh, and Iron Fist was walking in with uh, like a, one of those like egg trays with uh, coffee cups. It's yeah. It, I, I like, I also, I, I'm trying to say I too like the downtime. Um, yeah. Like, I love... I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. I was just going to say, my. I, I said my favorite line from the show, but my favorite scene from the show is um, when he comes into the bathroom and he's just like, hey, why don't I join you guys? This is nice yeah. every once in yeah. a while. Just us, you know. Um, what I was going to say was, is going off of that, is um, I think that you can make a really epic, amazing story and plot whatnot, and that's and like a lot of really cool plot developments and twists and turns and whatnot, and that's good for a uh, obviously story-driven thing, right? But if you want characters, like actual characters that feel really strong and well written, you the simplest thing you can do is what are this app. Take a minute and ask yourself, what does your character do when he's not fighting the big bad guy? Yeah, that that's what, like my favorite. What are their favorite? What are their favorite foods? What are their hobbies? Where do they go to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, characters' hobbies can tell you so many things about them as a character. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I think um, so. I think the alien thing is just there as a, a deus ex machina. You know, it, it's just there so we can see the downtime. So we can see, basically, it, it, this series is more about seeing what OG is fighting for more than what he's fighting. Um, oh my god, this this story, this this anime literally just follows the hero's journey. Yeah. It's just to the hero's journey point for point. Yeah, wow. but it it's focusing less on the journey and more why he's going on the journey. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is similarly another good example of that type of thing you can mm-hmm. do. Like a, a character who is made way more, like they're really interesting with the, the stuff about their plot and their drives and ideals. But the, I mean, Emi Ashiro from they, mm-hmm. One of the things that makes th- Shiro three-dimensional is that Shiro is a really good cook. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. There's just something about that that just... He lives alone. Like this, that this make it, He lives alone, and he cooks. Yeah. 
every every little thing can make a character more third dimensional. Or um, we'll probably get into this when we talk about Yu Hakusho, but Yu Hakusho does this a lot. Yeah, it does. We get into that more. Um, but anyway, I, I will say, um, even though I, I I gave a, I think it's a pretty good reason why the alien stuff is there. It really does feel shoehorned. It, it really feels like you look at the other stuff that Pioneer was putting out at the time, like nineteen ninety nine specifically. Um, I feel yeah. like there had to be like some sort of like, there's got to be space. We need space. Aliens. We need some sort of supernatural or sci fi element. Yeah, I, I feel like the creative team was like, we want to make a story about an aged rocker who is rediscovering. Who is stuck in a dead end job, uh, which is really only dead end because he's not really putting in the effort. He doesn't have the motivation to put in the effort. He could rise through the ranks of his company if he tried, but he he doesn't have the motivation. He doesn't have the drive. Um, he hasn't. He's lost his passion. Yeah, he 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 doesn't feel anything anymore. And he and the show is about him rediscovering that passion, finding the he. he it's about a creative who has not had a creative outlet in 10 years and is realizing without a creative outlet, he's living a soul-crushing existence. And it's about him not only rediscovering a creative outlet, but also finding out that he still loves his wife and he obviously loves his child but not only loves his child but he likes his child um which are two distinctly different things. yeah like og and gen have a really interesting relationship i think gen being the son for the listener mm-hmm. listening um yeah where it's like og leads a nine to five job he a nine to five life he goes to work he drinks at a roadside bar after work. Uh, and then he comes home, he sleeps, he wakes up, goes to work, whatever. He doesn't really interact with his wife much. He doesn't really interact with his kid much. He's leading a shitty life. Um, he's physically there, but mentally absent as a father. Um, but this is about him rediscovering the... Uh, Joie de vivre, uh, the, the joy of life and uh, the joy of moving things. And he's finding out, he's learning about his son. And luckily his son, we see him in a kindergartner's uniform at one point. So he can't be more than five years old. Uh, yeah, he, he's like five. Maybe six. Like may, maybe six. Yeah. He's really young. Uh, and that that's another little thing that I like. Uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll get into that later, but I want to stay on topic right now. Um... He's discovering, he's learning about his son, and he's, like, you know, he obviously doesn't see eye-to-eye with his son all the time. His son is obsessed with this year's Sentai show, and all OG knows is, you know, 80s metal. Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, he, all he knows is rock and roll, 80s rock, yeah. And, but he's learning about his son, and luckily his son's young enough that he can be there for the really important years 
and he can have a relationship with his son as his son is developing an actual personality, which is more than yeah. a lot of can be said for a lot of kids and their dads. Um, yeah, it, a lot of the time, people will. This is just a. A lot of the time, parents will realize that after once their kids are teenagers and they have. And, and since they're teenagers, they're more um, free-willed, and they have more, and they just kind of do their own thing. So, you as a parent don't need to be there for them all the time as much. So you have more free time. Yeah. But because you didn't have the free time, at, and now that you have the free time, you want to try and spend it with them, but you didn't early on, and you like kind of like have to work to make that connection again when you could have made it earlier on in their life yeah you know which was why a lot of like this is why the whole re- i mean teenagers are rebellious by nature but that doesn't help yeah because you're you're starting to feel like an adult and you want your autonomy but you're still depend completely dependent in most cases so you can't really have autonomy as someone who's dependent on someone else yeah. Um, um, this is, uh, I wanted to say two okay. things. One is related to the thing you were talking about again, and the other one is a different, that thing you mentioned earlier. My favorite line in this show was when he was talking to the guy who owned the, uh, side, the, the restaurant, or the, the bar, mm-hmm. or whatever, the roadside bar, and he asked, and OG asked him, did you ever have a dream? And the guy says, hmm, I don't know. Dreams are fun things to have, but... I think we all kind of go under the assumption that we'll never actually achieve them. Mm. Because, you know, if you if you keep believing you'll achieve them fully, well, if you keep believing you'll achieve them fully and with no, like, grounding in reality, like, you can achieve part of the dream and be satisfied with just part of the dream and living a normal life, but trying to achieve the full pipe dream is like it only hurts you. Yeah. Because you keep trying to fulfill this impossible thing instead of fulfilling part of it and being satisfied yeah. with the combination of the normal life and the dream, which is pretty much what this whole show is about. Yeah. It it's about uh you know, reconciling what you want and what's possible. Exactly. Um and the other thing was related to Gen um, in the episode where Gen ends up on the uh, the spaceship, uh, one of the only things that involved the sci-fi plot that I actually liked, when he's in the the vents and OG slides in to save him, mm-hmm. genuinely fucking cried. Yeah, same. He was so scared that his son was gonna die. He also uh, used his sense of rhythm to do it, which I thought was fun. Yeah. That- yeah, that was cool. He he uh he, he saw him like counting out the beats between the the fan blades rotation and timed out when he should mm-hmm. do his slide. It 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 was that yeah, that was that whole scene was fantastic. Um yeah. That whole episode was great cuz now he at least has someone in his family in on the secret even if they're not really completely aware of it they they know he's doing something and so there's a reason why he's being weird even if they they're like not capable of fully comprehending it 
Um, also, it's nice that your when your son thinks you're cool. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, I just I was just talking about like from a narrative perspective, but yeah. Oh yeah, that that too. Yeah. yeah. Um. <sighs> there was something else I wanted to say. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also about Gen. Um. One thing I'm really glad they did is it would have been really easy for them to say the reason why OG left the rock life is because he knocked up a groupie and had to mm-hmm. take responsibility. But they establish they're, they've been married for nine years and the kid's only six <laughs> at most. So like he, yeah. he was born a few years into their marriage. So it, it's... I, I yeah I I don't know I just I just like that more than he doesn't feel anchored by his kid by his family he the band was over because the keyboardist died and so he settled down yeah by the way can we just what the fuck was up with that that one the the the, the quote unquote American they got to beat up that one the the voice they gave him yeah. Oh. In the Japanese. Oh, I watched the dub. Uh, oh, in the Japanese, he has like this really like, "I will kill you, asshole." Oh. In in the like, dub, they it they he just has like a, a stereotypical r- black guy voice, kind of like he almost sounds like he could be Barrett Jap- from uh, Final Fantasy Seven. In the Japanese, he has this like, "You motherfucker, are you at? You were really asking for it." <laughs> Like this really light whisper, whispery voice. Yeah, that like doesn't match the character he's playing at all. But it was probably the only guy they could get in the studio that like had a had really had had really good English. They could have been going for a Mike Tyson thing, you it know, because Mike Tyson had like kind of had that like low voice, that kind of like whispery, high pitched voice yeah. with a lisp. I, no, no? It, it definitely feels okay. like a. This was the guy who had the best English in the studio, so they got him to play the American. Okay. And props to him; he does his English was very good. Okay. I meant to watch a little bit of the sub. I wanted to see the difference, see if they changed anything with the music or whatever. But I never, never actually got to do that. Um, yeah. Uh. Ugh. Yeah, I really like this show. I still really like this. Um. Yeah. It's a good fucking series. Um, it, the only other... Like, also, I was not too much of a fan of all the the, the trio antics, except for the, the freaking X-Files thing. That the the X-Files... Oh, yeah. Uh, the X-Files one was fun. Um, the trio was kind of annoying. The trio just was annoying. They, they feel like... Um, Uh, the, the, the two guardian things from, uh, Tenchi Muyo. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, a trio of Mihoshis. Yeah, Maybe. um, the only other joke that they, the only other thing that they did that was funny was, like, all the misunderstanding. Okay, this is, I don't know how they did this in the English, but in a, in the Japanese, there was a lot of, like, they, puns. Yeah, they, they... Some of them were localized. They, Some they just like this guy's last name was banned or whatever. Bondo. Bondo, yeah. They just said banned in the English one. Uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of like 
Japanese puns that required knowledge of Japanese, and luckily the translation notes explain the yeah the pun. The uh, the dub, I think, just straight up used translations for it. Like just I I I don't remember I don't remember them all that well, but I feel like they just made it work. Like they they didn't really change too much. Uh, unless they did like a four kids draw over the animation type thing. Uh, the only other thing that that was funny was when you first see them and they're just jazzercising on top of that roof. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's just staring at them like they're weirdos. Yeah. You know the thing that actually kind of annoyed me the most. Um, mm. she just threw away his guitars. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. One, rude. Um, I understand the need to clear space in a tiny apartment. Totally get that. These are still expensive pieces of musical equipment. You could sell them for a lot of money. Maybe enough to make a down payment on a home. (laughs) Well, I mean, the whole point was that she was in the wrong. I know, but like... It was a. It, a not little. only was she in the wrong, but she did it in a dumb way. Like she, she was a group. Like she should. She was into rock music. They established she was a groupie. She was into rock music. She should know at least to some level. Guitars are expensive. I could sell this to a used guitar shop and probably make at least three digits worth of cash. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sorry that that that's just a. I'm sure it was just done for comedic effect, but it it just bothered me. Um, yeah. <sighs> Most of the time, you got where she was coming from, even if you didn't agree with what she. Was oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. She was right most of the time. It it's just that one thing. That's the only time I disagreed with her for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. like I say for the most part, but. The only thing I'll really... She she was right. 90% of the time, I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. She just could have used to look at it from another perspective. From his perspective. Once Everyone needs to look at things from other the other's perspective once oh, in yeah. a while. Just because she's right... Just because she's right doesn't mean she needs to be an asshole about exactly. it. Exactly. Um... OG, like when he was just walking out of practice, like when she was just wa- when he was just walking out of practice, and she just tripped him, yeah, and then kicks him. Like, that's so unnecessary. And then kicks him. That's so unnecessary. I I will give her slack on that one because she was almost certain he was cheating on her. Um, and yeah, which by the way, I hated that. I hated that so. Yeah, bad. and. At the very least, it was an emotional affair. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. It, 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 nothing physical happened, but I... I almost feel like an emotional affair is worse because it's... You're falling in love with someone else. Even if you're not acting on it, it it's the birth of new feelings when you're supposed to be devoted to that person. Like, they're not an... I'm... I'm <sighs> They're not polyamorous, so it's not okay. They're monogamous. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't. Gonna, I, I know. I I'm. I'm just clarifying my point for listeners. 
I, I know you're not gonna get into that, but other people might. Um, other might other people might be mm-hmm. you know like but monogamy isn't for they're, everyone. They're, they're, they're married. Did, I mean, okay, you can have an open marriage, and, but sorry. Uh, I'll, there's a time and a place for polyamory, and this is not the time to talk about. Yeah. It. Um. I, I I'm just trying to say like. That's clearly not their arrangement. So she had every right to be oh, angry. Yeah, no. um, oh, yeah, totally. Um, she had every right to be angry. Because he... At the very least, he's falling in love with someone else. Even if he's not falling out of love with her, it's still yeah. not okay. Even if he doesn't... Also, if he, even if he doesn't realize that he is. Yeah. Um... And it does culminate in a kiss in the last episode. Um, mm-hmm. and he, at the very least, he is lying to his wife. Um, he is going behind her back to do stuff and that's not okay. Like yeah. everyone's and, entitled to their privacy, but you really shouldn't be keeping secrets from your spouse. I mean, I mean, to be fair, when he did tell the truth, he, she thought he was crazy. Yeah. Well, who so, wouldn't like, though? Space aliens? Ex- exactly. Saving the universe well, with his rock. Band me- <laughs> his band members believed him, but that's because they were drunk. Yeah, they were drunk, and they're also crazy old rockers, and he was their leader. So they probably were just like, mm-hmm. "Hey, man, if we get to play our music again, I'm okay." Yeah. All right, Gabriel. Yeah. One of them actually had this voice in the dub, I think. The wow. uh, the 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 tanned one with the the, the short, scrawny, skinny one. He kind of he kind of sounded like oh, this in yeah. his first appearance, but his voice kind of changed uh, as he made more appearances. I see. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. Do you? I do not. Uh, I loved this show. Um. I just want more shows with music as a theme. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there's more. I mean, we'll, Back Mongolian Chop Squad is one of my favorite animes of all time. Um, l- l- literally, I'm I could t- I'm turning around and I'm looking at my entire DVD set of all the volumes of Back. Yeah, I, I got the the single box set for Beck on my bookshelf and I have the first two volumes of the manga on my other bookshelf. Um I have all the guitar picks from the DVD so Oh my god. Mine didn't come with guitar picks. Holy shit. You know like the it, when you bought the individual volumes, oh. they all came with a guitar they all came with a guitar pick. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, they were all different color and they all just had they all just said Beck nice. on them. Nice. Um different fonts but yeah inversely or oppositely i'm not really sure which is more appropriate k-on was my greatest disappointment with an animated series because <laughs> i was like okay yeah it's gonna be back but with like high school girls cool they're gonna find themselves through rock and roll no it's just a moe series it's, girl- it's girls being yeah, cute that was that's it <sighs> The Les Paul even looked like Lucille from Beck a little bit. Yeah. Without the bullet holes. It, it, it was a, 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 
a vintage cherry burst Les Paul. It, it was. Did you? With Beck, did you watch the dub or the? Sub? I've done both. Yeah, because I, I watched the dub almost exclusively, and I even a lot of the versions of the songs that I prefer are from the dub. Yeah, um, I've done both. The only one where I prefer the sub song, actually, no, I think I prefer most of the sub songs. Um, I like all, all I, I like most of the Chiba songs more in the the dub. I feel like the the heavily accented English um, from the sub version just adds something to the feel of the songs a little bit, and then um, uh, though the one at the end uh, during the festival, um, yeah. In the yeah. in this in the dub, that is a new song because. In the sub and in the manga, they use a Beatles song, and they can't do that. Um, and it's a really good Beatles. They they, they it, it changes a little bit. It it yeah. Um, yeah, we can't get into back though. Yeah. That's a whole other. That's a whole different. That's episode. a that's a whole other episode. Um, I like both versions, but I love Beat Crusaders, so I I like the Japanese version of the songs yeah. better. Did the Well the Beat Crusaders um still do the opening. Yeah. I was made to hit in America. Um, the other thing in the um the one the one other thing I want to say about Beck before we finally re go to the end yeah, of the show yeah. is um the 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 one song that I'll say I like both versions of is Moon on the Water. Moon on the Water is good. It's Yeah. Uh that that's one they didn't have to change at all. Uh no. It sounds good in both versions. Um, yeah. But anyway. I like... Eh, it's not important. We'll get into that when we do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're... Yeah. That's all. That's all. Whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take one more short break, and when we get back, we're going to close this bitch out. We will see you then.
Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back one last time to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I am still Laser J, and I am still joined by Kaiju Emperor. How you doing, Kai? Uh, it's our last encore, my dude, and we're about to go out for the night. That's right. Um, coming to you live from the Sun City Dome Center. Uh, <laughs> uh sorry. Um, I'd rather play at the Demo Dome. Ooh, Demo Dome. As in Doug Demodome? Yeah, Doug. De- yeah, Doug Demodome, owner of the Demzel Demodome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah, uh, that that's the episode. Uh, I I really do like both of these shows. Uh, I I think I like. Listeners more from an aesthetic point of view, but I like Black Heaven more from a substance point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I can agree with I can agree with yeah. that. Uh, oh, well, I actually really like OG's character design in general. Also wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can tell he was designed by the same person who designed Mugen. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sure. Um So yeah, that's the episode. Uh If you need to get in contact with us here at the show, you can do that by emailing us at acmepodcastincorporated at gmail.com. Hey Kai, let's hear that again. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Darn tootin' it is. And if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter you can find us at Podcasts Inc. Uh, where can they find us on Tumblr? You can find us on acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's right. Um, and I am checking the email. While Kai, could you tell me if we got anything in the ask box? Oh, let me check real quick. Oh, we have an ask. We've got an ask. All right. Anonymous asks, what is your favorite 80s cartoon opening theme? 80s cartoon opening theme song. Mm, that's a good question. Bionic 6. Mm, I mean, is it cheating if I just say Thundercats? No. Th- th- there's really no wrong answers here unless you say, like, cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Skeleton Warriors the 90s? Skeleton Warriors was 90s. Skeleton Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a, this is something neither of us really had to think too hard about, huh? No, no. I mean, sometimes they're a hard thinker, sometimes they're not. I also really liked um freaking uh, uh the the she I actually like the Shiro opening the original a lot. Yeah, I really like related. I really like the original uh, Masters of the Universe. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's just an instrumental. It it just has some good horns. It it kind of reminds me of the uh, old WrestleMania theme a little bit too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just really specifically in the Shiro opening, I just like the Shiro, Shiro. It's just got it's a really good yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, also got to talk about the TMNT. Thing. Yeah, TMNT. Like, uh, the entire Disney afternoon. I mean, not all the Disney afternoon because some of it was from the nineties. That's true. All the ones from the eighties. Uh, Ulysses yeah. Thirty One has a really good theme song too. Oh yeah, we talked about the. You mentioned that, and I listened to it, and yeah, it was. Yeah. Popular. Um. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. Never been too much of a fan of the uh, the trans the original Transformers thing. Yeah, it's okay. It's not nothing to write home about. Um. I like the the animated r- remix of it personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. I like G.I. Joe. Oh no. G.I. Joe. Oh no, my noisemaker died. I had a I had a little oh, thing that came with a multi-pack. It's it's the G.I. Joe logo and you hit the star and it plays the G.I. Joe theme. Oh. And you change the battery. Fuck. Um <laughs> Shit. Oh, I was going to play that right fuck. now. <laughs> fuck. Um but yeah, uh, the G.I. Joe theme's pretty good. Uh, Whenever you're in trouble, G.I. Joe is there! G.I. Joe! Real American you know, hero! You know, G.I. Joe! Brave Star was the last like 80s cartoon we did. Maybe we should do another 80s Yeah, well, the... you know that... um, What is it called? Uh, Blood of Zeus just came out. Oh, I yeah. wanted to do yeah, that yeah. with Ulysses 31. Possibly. Uh, yeah. Also, another one that I'd like to do is... Uh, also, it's another one of my favorite 80s cartoon theme songs. Uh, Legend of the Galaxy Riders. Or Galaxy Rangers, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gal- Galaxy no Rangers. guts, no yeah. glory. Uh, th- th- that's a great theme. Um, but more than it being a great theme... Uh, it's just... Uh, it looks like a fun cartoon, and I originally wanted to do a, a pair, a, like a, a, a three-part pairing of uh, uh, Brave Star, Galaxy Rangers, and uh, Saber Rider. Uh, but we ended up doing Brave Star pretty early on because I I always had this vision of. A reboot of all three of those that merges them together, because they're all cowboys in space. Oh, I just I remembered what? one. Gem and the holograms. She's so ridiculous. She's so outrageous. Outrageous shit! I never actually seen that show. I, I've just I've heard the theme, but truly outrageous, truly, truly outrageous. Also, I mean, we mentioned the Disney Afternoon, specifically the one that of the Disney Afternoon from the eighties that is my favorite. Is of course the original DuckTales. DuckTales. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, like the Gummy Bears. Thing. Gummy Bears is great. Uh, Gummy Bears bouncing here and there, everywhere. everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. We are the Gummy Bears. Uh, yeah. Okay, listen. I don't like Captain Planet, but I like the Captain. Yeah, Planet the, the theme, theme f- Captain Planet's pretty damn good. 
Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. There's one who... There's one cartoon that I've been wanting to do on this show. I can't figure out a pairing for it. And I'm terrified because I'm actually kind of scared to watch it because I, I know it's going to be utter trash. But I like the theme song so much that I'm curious. And it's uh, Beverly Hills Teens. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a fun theme. Just, we could do it with the, the Archie, Archie oh, show. Oh, I'd have to watch the Archie show. Uh, well, you have to also watch Beverly Hills TV. Yeah, too, but so. do you want to do a double whammy of two shows we know are not going to be good? <laughs> I don't uh, know. We'll think yeah. about it. But anyway, that yeah, that, that answers yeah, that, that question. Yeah, that question. There's nothing in the email. I checked. Um, uh, thank you for the ask. Yeah. But yeah, go listen to Bionic 6 and Galaxy Rangers and Ulysses 31. Those Those are all... Real good themes, and of course, Thundercats and Ducktales. Yeah, yeah, it's all, all good those. shit. Uh, but that's how you get in contact with the show. If you want to get in contact with us specifically, uh, well, you can't really do that for me. Uh, just the email I've already given you, uh, Acme Podcast Inc. at gmail dot com, or go through the Twitter, and Kai will tell me because uh, he he runs mm-hmm. the Twitter. Um. But Kai, if they want to get in contact with you specifically, how could they do that? Uh, you can find me at kaiju underscore emperor on Twitter. K-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. Um, I am currently going under the handle kawaii elder god. Uh. The, uh, tum- my, you can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju-emperor. Spelled the same way, K I, K A I J U dash E M P E R O R, and those two are just retweets, reblogs, shit I like, the occasional stupid text post. Um, but if you want anything like actually original from me, you have a side blog, um, called Kai's Tome, where I post uh, homebrew, mainly D and D stuff. Uh, I've been working on. A couple things. I already mentioned I recently posted a Sorcerer Bloodline. Um, I'm also working on some comprehensive stuff for... I have my own setting called Oto. I'm writing up some comprehensive stuff about the setting, and I kind of want to write subclasses for most of the classes that are flavored for that setting. Uh, and I have some ideas for like a college, a kabuki flavored bard, and a fireworks maker artificer, and um, uh, my own my own class, the wushi, which is more Asian styled caster. But no idea when that'll be coming. Any of that shall be coming out. Alrighty. Uh... Also, one yep. other thing. If you're listening to us on iTunes and Spotify or whatever you listen to, please rate us. Yeah, that would be a big help. Uh, also, we got, uh, I got, uh, Spotify does like a, like a year-end review thing. They do it for listeners, but they also do it for podcasts. Uh, I was looking at our Spotify demographics and we got, 
Got some Australian listeners, and we got some people out Europe way. Uh, not oh, really? Uruguay, but Europe. I'm sorry, I said that in a funny Americanism. Uh, uh, hmm. Out in Europe. I can't remember which specific European. I think I think Italy? I think we had like one Italian listener. And then like oh, two well, or three Aussies. So, uh, I forget how you say hello in I forget how you say hello in Italian. Buongiorno. 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 Yeah, bon- buongiorno to that one Italian yeah. man. Uh, I'm sorry if I just we insulted you with you. my accent. Um, yeah, my Italian accent is not great. I do a better, of, uh, you know, Italian New Yorker Jersey because the the Jersey accent's just, you know, the Italian guy I'm lives better, down the block. I'm better, but uh, I'm better at a uh, my Spanish accent. Yeah. Uh, but that's just because I live in Texas. Yeah. A lot of people speak Spanish yeah. around here. But, uh, bonjourno, if you want to be American about it. <laughs> bonjour. Nah, nah, be American about it. Bonjourno. Bonjourno. Yeah. Uh, now that we've insulted our Italian listener, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um,. We shouldn't be making uh, fun of the one person who listens to us out there. Uh, we're we're not making fun yeah, of you well, specifically. I guess we're just having fun with language. You. Uh, but that's an excuse. We appreciate you. I appreciate we appreciate all of you. Um, thank mm-hmm. you for listening. If anyone who's listening. Yeah, mm. especially up to now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's just fucking doing talking about stupid bullshit. Anyone who got past the. The fuck, anyone who is actually interested in uh, our long side tangents about random bullshit, I love you. Yeah, you're my kind of people, because my favorite kind of podcast is just people who ramble on for hours on end, because I just want some voices in the background while I do shit. Uh, side tangents, like, I don't know, an hour-long conversation about the etiquette of vomit. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I... You know what I've been doing lately while I listen to uh, podcasts? I've been playing uh, Super Mega Baseball 2 on Steam, which is a arcade baseball game. Arcade-style baseball game. It's, uh... That's so neat. Uh, It's fun, yeah. Uh, But yeah, Anyway, that's... Baseball... That's it. That's it. Yep. Uh, Thank you for stopping me (laughs) from... Sorry, Continuing bro. on a tangent. Going on another tangent? Nah, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sometimes it, it, it's good that you rein me in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's it for this show. Uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, y'all be good out there. Uh, don't be no jackasses. And, uh, hey, tune in. In two weeks, when we're going to be looking at Klaus and the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, that should be fun. Because uh, Klaus looks absolutely beautiful. And even though I said we wouldn't do Christmas specials, well, I really wanted to see the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, so I had to make a concession. Uh... So yeah. Don't be a jackass. Catch you next time. Bye.
mean the show's over, Dick? I guess. B -b -b -barbarian. <laughs>